0: Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to Truck Tech. It's good to see you. We were off last week because of the FreightWaves Global Supply Chain event. There are some great content out there. If you want to catch up with it, we had some interviews uh, that were in the Truck Tech space with uh, Michael Hochschauer, the CEO of Nikola. We also had uh, uh, we also had Dave Midday from uh, Aurora Innovation. We had Vic Shaw from BP Pulse and also... Uh, Uh, Nia Palmer uh, from Terrawatt. All of those are out there at tv.freightwaves.com if you want to catch up on something you might have missed. Um, But we're back. We're happy to be here. Uh, We've got uh, a a good friend of the show, Mike Roth from the uh, North American Council for Freight Efficiency with us today. Uh, Mike is going to talk about a couple of things uh, with us. First, uh, what he calls uh, and has coined the term the messy middle, a new report that they put out this week when they were down at the uh, uh, Technology and Maintenance uh, Council in uh, for the ATAs down in Florida. He's t- going to join us from there in just a, a few minutes. But uh, first, we want to hit a few headlines. Uh, most of them are coming off things that have happened today on Wednesday. Uh, first of all, uh, we are uh, interested to see that Workforce Group is making some progress now towards getting back to building vehicles. They uh, managed to build 23 electric uh, uh, trucks off of Green Power uh, chassis that were provided in the fourth quarter. they'll continue that here in the new in the new quarter uh, in the new year, I should say. Um, and then they'll start working on some of their other future products. They've completely gotten out of the C1000 business that they decided they couldn't do anything, so they're just basically scrapping those vehicles and and uh, you know trying to sell off or, or dispose of the parts. Um, we also got news today on the hydrogen front with uh, Hylion, uh, uh, Hylion Holdings and Hyzon Motors uh, working together on a fuel cell version of the HyperTruck ERX. This is a ways down the road, but we'll see a, a version of it, a, a mock-up at least, in the fourth quarter. This is a bit of a surprise because uh, Hylion, which is one of the few that actually has a little bit of money in the bank right now and able to pursue its uh its goals. Um, Hyzon, not so much. They're uh, they're struggling right now, and they did get an extension on being delisted from the NASDAQ. But uh, fuel cell technology is strong for them, but they've got a lot of financial issues to work through. Finally, I mentioned that it is the... Um, it is the TMC meeting this week uh, down in Orlando, that's where uh, Mike will be joining us from. But uh, a couple of technologies, more than a couple, there are a lot of technology announcements, uh, maybe call it quarter turns in the industry. Uh, one that really stood out, though, was that Growth Industries and Stonehenge working together on a video mirror uh, version, not a video mirror, excuse me, but a, a version of a wired rear-view trailer camera. This is the technology that uh, Stone Ridge, uh, you know, does the video mirrors and uh, Grote is uh, the, the two of them say this is the first of this particular type of technology that will basically send uh, real time, uh, excuse me, real time video directly from the back of the trailer to a video display in the cab. So that was one that stuck out. You might look at the newsletter uh, this Friday, the Truck Tech newsletter for more. Okay, at this point, let's uh, let's switch over to our, our guest, uh, uh, Mike Roth from the North American Council for Freight Efficiency. He is a longtime executive director there, has been in the auto industry, trucking industry for, oh, about 35 years, all told. Um, Mike gets around a lot. He's got his, not just his ear to the ground, but also is a regular speaker at events, just as he was this week at the TMC. Um, we're, we're, uh, he's a former Navistar uh, engineer, and uh, we're really glad to welcome Mike into the show. Hello, Alan. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks, man. And first, I got to thank you for filling in. You were you're super to take my call at whatever hour that was this morning, and tell me that you could come on. So, like I said, I owe you one, and and I'm happy to pay back for it. Listen, you've got some you've got some stuff to talk about though, which is really great. I, I'm I'm excited to have you because uh, you know we talk at at a lot of these events that we go to together, and and uh, you know we we just have an opportunity to to kind of stay up on what's happening both in electrification and a lot of the uh, technology space. Um, yours, of course, and, and your your group has been focused on freight efficiency. And and uh, that's something that, uh, you know, I think you kind of hold that area yourself. You've got a lot of people in the industry that, that uh, follow you and are, are interested in what you've got to say. Um, you just put out a report here um, uh, earlier this week down at TMC, uh, kind of updating something that you coined a few years ago called the messy middle. And I wondered if you could kind of take us through what you learned.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, um, we weren't seeking three years ago to to talk about a messy middle. We were actually doing work on um, electric heavy-duty tractors and the um, transition from diesel to electric. And what we found um, that was fascinating to me was that, yes, that was going to happen, but there was going to be other things happen. Uh, before a, a full movement to um, to electric, uh, and, and maybe I should say battery electric and fuel cell electric. And so we said, you know, we think what's going to happen is there's going to be a time where technologies like natural gas, renewable natural gas, renewable diesel, maybe hybrids, uh, a bunch of other technologies that might enter while we're doing the transition to the zero emission trucks, and we, um, we were trying to figure out exactly what to call it when the idea came out, Messy Metal. So it was, it was not, a, a, you know, it, we sort of stumbled upon it. And then, um, you know, it became sort of a thing, you know, uh, Alan. And so we decided to update that um, here in 2023. Really, we did all the work in 2022. And um, we, we confirmed that, yeah, we, and even more so that, you know, trucking wants to decarbonize right now and some of these technologies aren't ready for all of the duty cycles so um uh you know burning less diesel is a decarbonization strategy and moving into these other technologies um ahead of fully going to zero emissions um is going to happen and is happening <laughs>
0: Yeah. So we hear from fleets all the time that transitioning to electric trucks is slow going. I mean, it's, a, you know, we we hear it at every conference we go to. And yet there's a lot of pressure out there from customers, you know, these fleet customers who are saying, you know, you need to help me, Mr. Manufacturer, meet my uh, decarbonization goals. And I'm counting on you to do that. And yet we're finding a bit of a tension there, walking in the tension because the technology, maybe the trucks are a little ahead of the infrastructure. I think that's the general impression we get. Are you getting this kind of feedback out there too, Mike? Is that what you're hearing?
1: Yeah, so um, shippers, it's a whole supply chain thing. So the public is demanding more sustainable freight movement. Shippers are trying to respond to that uh, and and then ask carriers, and of course carriers are then looking to their suppliers to, to make it happen, whether it's for the trucks or for the infrastructure or even the utilities. Um, I would maybe disagree that it's taking longer than we thought. Of course, it's this is not something that's gonna happen overnight. Um, but things like terminal tractors, e-commerce, some of those um, are, are moving to battery electric, you know, really quickly. Now, heavy-duty tractors, um, even regional haul heavy-duty. In our, our report last summer, we talked about how we were pretty secure with about a 200-mile heavy-duty tractor. Um, that, that actually takes more of the market than a lot of people think, um, but still a small part of the overall heavy-duty truck market. So, yeah, a, a bit slower, and, and the de- I would definitely agree with you on the infrastructure. Um, yesterday at a panel here that I participated on, um, Rob Reich of Schneider uh, was really talking about how they're being driven to do the sustainability piece and really looked across the panel at PepsiCo saying, you know, here's PepsiCo um, taking incredible actions with their private fleet and, um, and you know, Rob and, and Schneider haul goods as a carrier for PepsiCo. So that that whole, um, you know, that's, that's scope three emissions for PepsiCo and Scope 1 for um, Schneider, and, uh, you know, that, that's really what's happening out there. And, um, you know, it's time to act. I mean, that's one of the things, the biggest thing we said this week is, um, you know, and my colleague Jeff Seeger said it really well. He said it used to be that, you know, freight got moved um, by how fast you could get it there, by time and by money. And now um, there's a third element to that. It's time, money, and how sustainable are, your, are, is your, are you moving my freight. Now, not every shipper's doing that. But it's um, it's definitely happening, Alan.
0: Well, you know, I guess I have to insert here because I, I'm, I'm always impressed at how scrappy the Diesel Technology Forum is in, in terms of selling their story, that is that diesel is cleaner than it's ever been, uh, and and that sort of thing. You also, in some of your earlier programs, have looked at things to help those diesel trucks. I mean, until you got into doing run on run on less electric last year, everything was kind of focused first on I think long haul, and then on on, on uh, medium medium duty. Um, so you're very familiar, and you come out of the uh, uh, the diesel business, right, at, at Navistar. Uh, what are these guys doing? Are they are they going to be able to make their case? They like I said, they're scrappy as all get out, wow. right?
1: Yeah, a few things. I mean, um, you know, there's nothing like competition for the the current baseline or the current technology to improve. And we've seen that. We've seen that with, um, you know, of course, NOx and PM through regulatory measures, but also in carbon and fuel economy measures. And, you know, you look at what we've done to increase the fuel economy of diesel tractors from, you know, five to six to eight, even 10 mile per gallon in some cases is huge and saving $5 a diesel fuel right now. Um, but, you know, that's not going to be good enough. Um, you know, it's just, you know, I don't know if this will this will play with you or with the, the whole audience, but, you know, diesel fuel has been fantastic for moving freight. And um, we have a chart in our report. The problem is that it creates a lot of emissions. It's bad for our environment. And, and over time, we're going to have to figure that out. And it's starting right now with um, some of these, um, you know, zero tailpipe emission vehicles that are going to run off of you know, either green hydrogen or a much cleaner electric grid with respect to renewables. Yeah.
0: You know, we were listening to uh, Thomas Healy from Highland earlier today on, on their earnings call. And he said, uh, you know, and Thomas is interesting because, you know, he's, he's doing a hybrid program with natural gas and renewable natural gas, and electricity, uh, you know, beginning to make a little bit of uh, progress, I think, with California in terms of kind of being accepted into the Cool Kids Club there. Uh, it was hard for him initially, uh, you know, and, and of course, today they, they did announce a, a program for a fuel cell truck. But he said today, he says um, that one large fleet he had talked to, and of course, he didn't identify them, but he said they've already sworn off battery electric trucks until the infrastructure issue is meaningfully addressed. Um, what do you make of that? Have you heard comments like well, that?
1: Well, certainly, you know, um you can't answer that, que- that question without understanding who the fleet is and what kind of operations they have, right? So just let's just look at heavy-duty tractors, and I'll make this really straightforward. If you're a disparate route, long-haul carrier where you are not sure where you're going, then he's absolutely true. If you're a LTL, um, return-to-base but very long-haul, you know, all the LTL carriers, Southeastern Freight Lines, Old Dominion, UPS, uh, FedEx, those folks – you know, they are driving, you know, 67, 68 mile an hour um, for out 250, 300 miles, dropping their their trailer or doing a cross dock and returning in the same day. That's not ready for battery electric, even though it's a pretty consistent route where the truck goes to those two bases and could charge there. We still don't have the trucks to do that. But if you're in city tractors and beverage and, and, and a lot of uh, even groceries, food and beverage, um, drayage, some of those things, um, where it's a consistent run, uh, shuttling, manufacturer shuttles, uh, manufacturing shuttles, um, where the, uh, the the truck stays on that route and has opportunities to charge. Um, you know, that's really exciting. And that's, that's a battery electric truck now. So, you know, I would say, you know, if he's talking about the, the first or the second, I would say he's absolutely right. And I agree with that fleet. And those are somebody who absolutely should consider some of these technologies in the messy middle. Um, you know, Hi Leon and Thomas, a good friend of mine. I've known him since he was at Carnegie Mellon, and he's done a fantastic job creating a technology that can be um, implemented uh, ahead of uh, some of these um, some of these longer term solutions.
0: Yeah, let's stick with that for just a minute because uh, another company you're pretty familiar with, Cummins, is now really pushing hard on this whole idea of uh, fuel agnostic engines. Um, you know, they started with a. Natural gas that comes out ne- uh, next year, and uh, 15 liter natural gas. Then they're uh, looking at hydrogen in 2027, and a few others. Um, where are you on sort of these interim steps, if you will? You know, you're still burning stuff, right? I mean, you're not you're yeah. not zero emissions, but you're getting down there. Um, where are you with some of that?
1: Yeah, so we uh, part of what we announced this week is that we're going to dive in to those um, messy metal technologies. So we are. Going to be be doing what we call a confidence report on um, renewable natural gas, compressed natural gas tractors this year, and so we'll get into it and 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 really start to not only understand what that technology can do uh, in this sustainability area and and how it how it would perform and so forth, but also um, you know how fleets could do that and then later on move to battery electric or hydrogen fuel cell. It's one of the things that we we had as a finding in the report this week was that we, you know, we want um, manufacturers and fleets to really understand your capability around your pipeline. And what we mean by that is that, you know, if you're a fleet and you want to go to natural gas or renewable natural gas or even hybrids, um, you know, do you have the, the the capital, the funds to do that and the resources to get it done, um, you know, before then maybe the zero emission comes and you want to do it. So, Um, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And uh, now you said something kind of interesting and not all of the alternative fuel folks like us saying we're going to burn hydrogen in an engine or we're going to burn this. And you're absolutely right. It's still combustion. And so, you know, there, even though some of the um, results of that combustion are really low compared to diesel, you know, it's not zero. And, um, and, you know, and there's a, there's a benefit to zero. Now that doesn't mean there's not a good thing around near zero or better than diesel. We just have to figure out how to fit that in. Um, another thing around this pipeline would be like the truck builders. All the truck builders need to very seriously look at all of these solutions and figure out which ones they're going to put into their models. Um, I would submit engineering, all of these solutions in all of their truck models is too much. And, um, and they may not do it you know all of them well, so they're gonna have to pick and choose given their market segment, and um, it's gonna be a really exciting times to, to, to watch here, Alan.
0: Well, you've got—I mean, you can take a different message to pretty much every show right now. You don't have to stay on message because you can switch them around. You've got lots to talk about. Uh, I, you know, you counsel uh, fleets and others uh, that you know they really need to understand, and you kind of covered this, but I want you to go back to it. This idea that there is uh, sort of, you, you got to know certain things about your fleet, your diesel fleet. You've got to know, uh, you know, what are their duty cycles? What are their loads? Where are they going? Which you've already talked about. Are these guys getting the message that they need to do
1: this? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, um, I think, we're, you know, the industry's always, always been smart around um, placing technologies, you know, in the right place, but diesel was very forgiving. And what I mean by that is, you know, you, you could pump, you know, 200 gallons into a truck if you're doing eight mile to the gallon. Now, I mean, that's that's kind of at least three days of driving, and so it, it gave you a lot of flexibility. The fleets, and here, uh, you know, with battery electric trucks, and even a lot of these solutions, um, you know, they're different, and um, we are going to have to figure out how to utilize these trucks and take advantage of their um, uh, take advantage of their, uh, uh, you know benefits and, and use those. I mean, I've talked a lot about how I believe um, battery and hydrogen fuel cell trucks are going to attract a lot of truck drivers to our market. I'm very excited about that. Um, yet, um, we have to deal with some of the challenges. I mean, you know, it's not going to be a, a perfect transition.
0: Yeah. Well, I think what you're talking about is sort of reward, driver reward, things like that. I, I you know, some of your videos that are that are out there on, on, on your site, you know, you've got some drivers saying, man, I can't believe after 35 years, they picked me to be the guy. You know, to to be in the truck, and I can remember a couple of years ago riding with a driver, a veteran driver, in one of those early Freightliner uh, E Cascadias, and he was saying, "Oh man," he said, "I get home and I'm not exhausted anymore, you know, because I can right. I can actually,
1: you know." You know that, do that, so I, yeah, I can't. I, I, I just have to talk about it. I mean, we we uh, we were shocked when you know drivers told us, "Well, I don't want an AMT. I want to keep a manual transmission." And then when they got into an AMT, they would never give it up. We are going to see that 10, 20, 30 fold with respect to these battery electric trucks. I mean, it, it you know, every driver I've ever heard just uh, like, there's no way I'm going back to diesel. Matter of fact, there's an issue at some of these fleets where they're putting a driver in a demo truck maybe for three months. And the guys uh, or women, they're just like really upset when the fleet has to give that demo back and they got to go drive a diesel <laughs>
0: Hello, freightliner. I think they did that. All right, so so here's so here's a question for you. I guess I'm going to let you explain it. I think I know the answer, but I'm not sure our audience does. Why do the drivers want to be in these trucks versus diesels? I mean,
1: elementary wow, question so, for you and me, but yeah. yeah, well, they're so quiet and clean, and the um, but the bigger thing is how they um, uh, they how they handle uh, you know getting out of a dock onto the road out onto the freeway. They're incredibly smooth. There's no shifting. Um, you know, the automated transmission is really a manual transmission shifted by a robot. So you still get, um, major changes in RPM, that whole cab rocks back and forth. Um, you know, yard tractors, uh, it's like a golf cart, not a truck, um, moving trailers around a yard. And it's just extraordinary. I mean, I would, I would, you know, one of the things that I think everybody should do is get out and go see these. There's plenty of ride and drives. They're in your local areas run, run by DOE Clean Cities groups or other magazines are doing them. Or you just work with your truck OEM. Get in these electric and even in the hydrogen trucks and experience them. And I think you'll be blown away. Um, and that it'll be obvious pretty quick uh, why drivers like them.
0: Yeah. One more before we, before we move on, uh, to the uh, run on, uh, run on less electric Depot. And that is the whole idea around, um, these trucks, uh, are expensive. There is an incentive base for them. You know, we're seeing some, some numbers that look pretty good, but is there, um, in, in from what you can tell an affordability issue for these, even with the incentives.
1: So the, um, I've called the battery electric truck, and, you know, you, you mentioned it earlier. I mean, there's people that, like, where, what the hell happened to Mike Roth? He was a diesel truck guy, and now he, he seems so proponent of uh, of batteries. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think one of the things that um, just, just really comes out is that the battery electric truck is really a simple drivetrain, really simple. I mean, it's batteries, small cooling systems, uh, electronics. Um, motors and and you know and wheels and you plug it in and, and you go. The efficiency's really high. It's very, very simple. And and you know, Alan, I I don't think we've yet figured out the uh, how that affects the total cost. So um, you know, I was out at the Tesla um manufacturing plant not too long ago and uh you know there's only ten stations, uh, you know, a football less than a football field. I mean I've I've run manufacturing, truck manufacturing plants before and you know there's hundreds of people building the 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 trucks. You know, there's less people and less space in this battery electric truck line than there is in most engine assembly areas in truck plants where they're putting cooling systems to engines and so forth. So that, along with a lot of testing and overhead and, and engineering costs that, um, that I think come with the complexity of, of diesel with all this after treatment and everything, I don't think we've figured that out yet. So I, I don't think we have a clue out. Shouldn't say that. I think we've got a, a lot of opportunity to take money out of these trucks as they um as they start to emerge. We're in a really, really nascent stages. Um so I'm optimistic that we can bring that price down.
0: So that's a scaling question more than anything else, right? I mean we've got to well, scale these things.
1: Scale, it's not only scaling because you, you know, I I get in debates all the time with some academics and some others that say, you know, um, you know, scaling's kind of you know, cost takeout because of scaling is more of a myth than a reality. So I think there's other things embedded here that will help with, um, uh, you know, electric electric. Now, hydrogen is a little different story. I mean, it's a pretty complex system with a lot of cooling, a lot of uh, multiple heat exchangers in these um, in these uh, hydrogen fuel cell trucks. And, and you know, that takes the complexity back up to maybe near diesel levels. Um, so I don't know. Maybe more cost takeout opportunity in our opinion with batteries than in hydrogen.
0: Okay, great. All right, so let's talk a little bit. I think I got the number right. You've had this will be your fourth or fifth run on less. I'm not sure what You want to tell me. Well, let's talk about the yeah. new one and then maybe. Well, first, let's before we do that, Mike, take us through very briefly the history of run on less, will you?
1: Yeah, it's a great story. I love to tell it. It's our fourth. Um, you know, in 2016, we were literally talking about how to, um, you know, make efficient trucks cool and understand, you know, what was the best of the best out there. And and we noticed um, on LinkedIn and Facebook, you know, truckers bragging about their fuel economy. You know, I'm getting 10, 11, taking snapshots of their instrument panel telling them that. And we're like, bullshit, are you really getting that kind of, you know, level of, uh, of, uh, fuel economy? And, uh, and so we, Kind of put down the challenge and we got seven truckers to participate. We followed their trucks for three weeks in September. Uh, they got hit with two hurricanes in 2017 during the run and uh, they put up 10.1 mop per gallon. And that's where Run On Less was really born. I mean, we told their stories with video. 2019, we followed that up with Regional Hall, where we did one natural gas and nine uh, diesels and got a lot of the big fleets involved in that. And then 2011, or no, 2021, you know, we tackled battery electric trucks and we did 13 from class three all the way up to class eight. And, you know, we, we it's really fun. Um, and in September, you know, if we, each of these odd years, we uh, stream data from the trucks. Now we're going to stream data from the charging infrastructure, uh, but also um, tell their stories. We did 42 videos with Run On Less Electric in 2021. They're all out there. You brought up one with respect to the truck drivers. And we think it's it's really become a thing in the industry. We get asked all the time, "What's going on with the run? What's the next run?" So here in 2023, um, we are focusing on scaling electric trucks and how you get that done. So we're looking for and speaking with um, all kinds of fleets that are uh, are deploying a lot of trucks at one site. So this is something like 15 and more. Um, uh, you know, whether it's uh, some smaller trucks like you might imagine a you know an e-commerce for. Uh, facility warehouse that's got trucks or vans coming in and out all the way up to like drayage trucks to regional hall depots and so forth and so these are um probably people you know are out there uh you know deploying 10 15 20 30 50 um electric trucks and and this will be a lot about the infrastructure and less about the trucks but, you know, we love trucks, so we'll also share some information on the trucks. But that kicks off with a boot camp here in a couple of months where we do 10 episodes on uh, you know, bringing in experts on webinars. Uh, the run will actually take place in September, and we're just thrilled to bring it. I'm a little worried because, uh, you know, these, uh, these are so new and, and we'll have some, you know, real challenges and some problems that these fleets have had at deploying infrastructure to share. But um, you know, we and the and the the fleets that are operating these trucks, we just know that by getting that out and that information out, we'll we'll kind of uh, you know razz up the industry to um, to fix those problems and to you know hurry it off. Biggest thing is like supply chain for transformers and switch gear is all like three, four, five times what it was pre pandemic. So we'll talk about that, and uh, you know, it's a real part of deploying these electric trucks.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems obvious, and maybe you'll tell me it is that you would go from doing a run on less electric to a, a charging or an infrastructure play like this. I mean, this is primarily behind-the-fence stuff, right? This is not public charging that you're really talking about. Uh, the you know opportunity charging still very, very rare out there. Um, but but as far as uh, as far as behind-the-fence medium duties, is that pretty much who we're going to be talking about?
1: Yeah. So we are, that's a great point. We are looking at uh, our the early electric truck um, launches are with, uh, you know, private depot charging. And, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't find a depot here who is working with their customer to have a, you use the term we use, opportunity charge at a customer. So maybe it, the truck leaves, it goes 150 miles uh, and it has, um, you know, time for uh you know an hour of charging maybe or an hour and a half at a customer location uh, maybe while the trailer's being unloaded or something of that nature now you know there's people i'm sure watching this going, away that time's money and my like, driver how he's paid by the mile how the hell does that work well you know that's the kind of stuff we'll figure out um so but um you know this here in 2023 will be you know vastly about um how what it takes at a de- at a at a depot uh, to, to do this. Now, not all fleets own the property. So we're going to get in and understand that too. I mean, there's a lot of landlords who lease uh, these warehouses or, you know, there's a lot of dedicated. So, you know, companies will be, um, you know, at a manufacturing plant with the trucks. So, okay, somebody else owns the, the property. So who's going to pay for the infrastructure? What's the contract going to look like to run the trucks? All those are things that will come up, uh, I'm certain, as we go out and interview and spend time with these depots over the summer and then Tell their stories out in September.
0: Now, you've got uh, 10 work- uh, boot camps or 10 workshops, if you will. Uh, do you get into anything around truck as a service in there? Is that one of the things that you'll that you'll look at?
1: Yeah, we will. So, we've announced the 10 topics. So, um, you know, go to runonless.com boot camp um, button and you'll see all the 10. They're all scheduled out. They start April 25th and they go through uh, September 5th. And, um, you know, we intentionally had um, seven of the 10 very focused on uh, the infrastructure side, and then maybe three ish on um, the trucks. Uh, and yeah, there's, um, you know, uh, the whole concept of, uh, you know, having a, a, a place where your trucks can charge and maybe domicile where you, your driver comes and picks up your truck at that location or even truck as a service where. You know, not only is the truck there, but, um, you know, somebody else provides the the truck in sort of some sort of model. Um, yeah, I, I think so. One of the things that we do with the boot camp series is we get into things that aren't reality yet as we're talking to the depots that participate in the run. So, um, you know, maybe the, 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 the webinars, workshops become a little more forward focused and they were a real hit in 2021. We had over 1,200 people register for all 10 in, in 2021. And we had, you know, four, five, 600 attend um, each of the sessions. So uh, join us. It's going to be a, a great experience. I guarantee we're going to bring you some real experts uh, to talk about. This won't be us talking about it. This will be other experts in the field that uh, for each of these topics.
0: Yeah, you know what's great is that, I mean, it is truly an education uh, effort that you're undertaking. And 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 that's one of the things that, that no one would probably point it out, but that's what's missing. People don't understand much about this yet. And until they get a chance to really – Dive into it the way you're going to let them do. Uh, you know they, yeah. they may not get there right away, right? Oh, it, it, all it, right. It's it really a different. Yeah, we've got about a minute left, so I want to just ask you real quick: what one or two, and that's all you got time for, takeaways from uh, run on less electric depot? Do you expect to see or want to see?
1: So I think it's um, we're going to uncover um, what the challenges are. We all know it's taking longer and it is more expensive than we initially thought. So what we're going to do is is understand uh, what are those key elements that um, fleets and and you know their ecosystem of making this happen. I kind of hate the word ecosystem, but it's used it. But what are the key things that are that are um, causing these problems, and what are the things that are easier and and hopefully these fleets will um, you know help the the fast followers uh, do it better and quicker and, and with less expense and less time. So um, that that's really what uh, the the run on Less Electric Depot is all about here is um, you know understanding how it's going and um, copy and best practices and figure out where we need fixes put in place.
0: Excellent. Mike, this is terrific. We're going to have you back on. We'll do another thing maybe after run on uh, Less uh, uh, Electric Depot. Um, thanks again for doing this, especially as a pinch hitter. You were a great pinch hitter. You got on base with me at least. Um, next week on Truck Tech, we will be joined, joined by Daryl Adams, the CEO of of um, Shift shift Group. Um, They have some news coming out of the Work Truck Show in Indianapolis, which is sort of the next industry event coming up. And we will also be joined, uh, we had tried before, but this time I think we're going to make it happen, by uh, Auntie Lindstrom, who is the uh, trucking analyst at S&P Global. So we'll look forward to having both of them. Uh, on the show will be coming uh, they'll be coming to us from indianapolis i will probably most likely be here so again thanks everyone for joining us we'll see you next time